Hi, this is Katrina. And this is Sydney. And this is Murder of Seth. So today, I, we're a little behind, but that's just because um, we both have crazy schedules. And um, I do believe my new life motto is, sorry I got distracted, because, oh my God, I just stay distracted. I, I think mine might be, I can't, my kids are sick. <laughs> Yeah, this year, man. Oh my gosh, this year has definitely been the been the year of everyone catching everything. It's like all the other- school started. We have had COVID, hands, foot, and mouth, and RSV, and now the flu's going around at their school. So, oh god, the flu's awful. Not that all the other ones aren't, but yeah. like I got the flu last year, and I hadn't had it since I was a senior in high school, and I wanted to die. Like yeah. I literally felt like pure death. All right, anyway, so today I am going to do the chilling true story behind the Amityville horror. Ooh, yeah. So, you know, I mean, everyone knows about Amityville. Like, if you're any type of horror fan, you know about Amityville. Um, I remember watching the Ryan Reynolds one with you when we were not kids, but teenagers. We just watched it because Ryan Reynolds was shirtless a lot and he was super hot. I mean, yeah. But, um, so yeah, like everyone has that. And I was like, you know what? Like, that is true crime. Like, that was, that was legit. So, um, and there's lots of weird, weird things about this case that we're going to get into. So, on November 13th, 1974, 23-year-old Ronald... That's Foot. the day before my birthday! Oh, shoot, it is. Mmm... Ronald Butch DeFeo Jr. entered a local bar in Amityville and cried out for help, saying that his entire family had been shot. DeFeo and some of the bar patrons returned to DeFeo's house at 112 Ocean Avenue. Once inside, they found that DeFeo's parents, Ronald DeFeo Sr. and Luis DeFeo, dead from apparent gunshot wounds. The police were called, and when they arrived, it was discovered that not only were DeFeo's parents shot dead, but so were DeFeo's siblings, John, age 18, Allison, age 13, Mark, age 12, and John Matthew, age 9. Ronald DeFeo Jr. claimed that he knew who the killer was, a mob hitman. Yes, really. The police, understandably, didn't buy the story. The police, understandably, did not buy the story and proceeded to interview DeFeo. The interview resulted in numerous inconsistencies, and it quickly became apparent that DeFeo was the prime suspect. By the next day, DeFeo had confessed to the murder, saying, once I started, I just couldn't stop. It all went so fast. Yeah. I, but this is the ki- a kid. Well, I mean, not a kid, but. I know, like, 23. 23. Yeah. A kid. Anyway. Um, when DeFeo went to trial, however, his story had changed. His lawyers claimed instantly, stating that claimed insanity, not instantly. Um, claiming insanity, stating that DeFeo claimed he had heard demonic voices urging him to kill. The jury didn't find DeFeo's defense believable, and he was found guilty on six counts of second-degree murder 
and sentenced to six sentences of 25 years to life. Now, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure why it was second degree murder instead of first degree. Um, but Try to like have Tyler explain different crap like that to me, and I don't understand it. I don't know. But anyway, um, still, some unsettling questions remain. All of the victims were found shot and shot. Okay, so this is weird. This is one of the weird things. All of the victims were found shot face down in their bed in separate rooms, suggesting that they'd all been killed in their sleep. How had DeFeo managed to shoot them all with a rifle and not wake anyone up? I thought that too, like, I was what like, um, when I was watching The Conjuring 2, I was like, how is he just walking around? When I was watching The Conjuring The 2, Conjuring. Like, the Conjuring 2, um, mm -hmm. how it begins in the Amityville house. I would, like, as she's walking around, Lorraine's walking around as um, DeFeo Jr., how are all of them still in their bed? Why are all of them face down? Yeah. All in their beds, all still asleep. Face down. Yeah. I I don't, like, face, like, in the bed? It says they were found shot face down in their beds. I, I don't know. Every now, and again, every now and again, I'll sleep on my stomach, but it's not, like, a, a normal sleeping place for me. And for every single member of a family to sleep on their stomach seems odd. Yeah. Um, some say, though, you know, it says, um, how would it, you know, how would he not wake them up? But some are like, maybe he shot them elsewhere and then staged the scene to make it look like they were asleep. But why? Like, what would be the purpose of moving them all back to their beds? I don't know, unless that's like a guilt type thing. You maybe. Know, how they yeah, but first off, DeFeo died March 12, 2021 of last year. And so, um, and his stories were super inconsistent. Like, he would change them back and forth. So, like, we'll never know the truth. Like, we'll never know the full truth. So, that is what sets the scene for the next part. Now, that was, you know, the real, real true crime. But then, in December 1975, now... November 13th, 1974, this happens. A little over a year later, George and Kathleen Lutz buy the house. Okay. They were aware of the murders and they bought it. They still bought it with some of the DeFeo's furniture still inside because whatever, white people be crazy. <laughs> the couple moved into the home and they had three children. Um, and they were, they were just Kathleen. They weren't George's children um daniel age nine christopher age seven and melissa age five um not even a full month later the lux family fled the home citing supernatural as a cause of their unexpected addiction so like some of the things that they said happened were um that george would mysteriously mysteriously wake up at 3 15 and everyone knows that's the satan power every night um 
which also, coincidentally or not coincidentally, is the same time that Ronald DeFeo killed his family members, 315. And um, also, there was green slime oozing out of the walls. Um, doors would open and close on their own. Listen, if I seen green slime oozing out the walls, I'd be like, listen, this is unsanitary. Come fix this. Yeah. Get in here. Yeah, no. Yeah, no green slime. I don't understand that one. Call Ghostbusters, apparently. People would levitate above their beds. There would be sounds of phantom marching bands and a demonic pig. Now, I'm not really <laughs> sure how one, like how a demonic pig sounds, but I will tell you, and I know that you know this from years in the act fair, a pig can sound like a dragon. When it gets its roaring going, it can sound like a complete dragon. They have some weird noises. Weird to me anyway. And then, you know, even as a true crime lover, horror lover, lover of all things spooky, you know me. I'm not, I don't believe in the supernatural. I'm that person. Like, oh, everything has a logical explanation. But even like biblically, biblically do you remember the the pigs what it yeah like that ran off they, the cliff yeah, or they whatever cast out the demons out of the the person and they went into, into the, the pig. pigs and the pigs ran off the cliff to kill themselves yeah so i mean that's kind of freaky yeah like demonic pig thing. yeah a little trauma a little trauma um but demonic pig i don't i don't know it was probably <laughs> just who <laughs> yeah. satan's got a pig apparently however you come Satan had a pig. It was very upset. Yeah. And honestly, um, in like real and real history, um, in 1976, ghost hunters Ed and Lorraine Warren um, even investigated the house. So they actually really did investigate that house, which, I mean, I figured they did because it said in The Conjuring. But the story of the horrific misadventures that befell the Lutz family, it was turned into a book called The Amityville Horror. Um, and the words, a true story were emblazed across the book in big red font. Okay, so you couldn't miss it. Um, they even, you know, there was a seventy a, a movie in seventy nine um, that had Roland and Margot Kidder as George and Kathy Lutz, and then there was a two thousand five. Actually, it says the two thousand five was like um, spinoffs, knockoffs. It was a oh, it was a remake. Okay. And the article that I, I found was like, a film that's probably best remembered today for featuring Ryan Reynolds' impressive ass. Yes. Yeah. I will, like, I cannot remember for the life of me either of the Amityville horror movies, really. Like, I watched them both. But I remember specifically Ryan Reynolds' chopping wood shirtless from the Amityville horror movie remake. So, Yes. That is for sure what it is, what it is known for. <clears throat> so obviously, the Lutz were met with a lot of criticism, and like Ronald DeFeo's claims, it was loaded with inconsistencies. Um, there was a scene where the Lutz family say that they call the police, but. 
um, or someone or something ripped open the front door and right off, right off the hinges, but there was no record of the Lutz ever calling the police the whole time they lived there. Um, another example was um, the Lutz saying that they found cloven hoof prints in the snow outside their house, but there wasn't any snowfall during the time that they lived there. So there were like... I was going to say, it was, it was reindeer. It was a reindeer. Yeah, but I mean, what, <laughs> what they're saying is there wasn't even any snow. They're saying they found the cloven hoof print, but there was no snow on record for them to have found a hoof print in the snow. Right. So it sounds to me like these people took a bad situation and made a whole lot of money off of it. Yeah. Well, it gets it gets more. So it said things got further complicated when William Weber. It was Ronald DeFeo's lawyer told People Magazine that he, George, and Kathy cooked up the entire story to make money. I know this book is a hoax. We created this horror story over many bottles of wine, said Weber. George and Kathy maintained that they were telling the truth, however. They even took a polygraph test, and the test indicated that they were not lying. But it probably didn't matter. To this day, a lot of people assume that it's a true story. And a lot of people assume that it wasn't. Isn't there like, isn't there some way to like pass a polygraph even if you're lying? I swear there is. Yes, it's all about your heart rate. And when you, um, like most people untrained to lie, when you lie, your heart rate spikes. Something like that. So. Oh, I can lie. Yeah. When I say we'll see. <laughs> or maybe tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. Not a spike in my heart. <laughs> so, you know, the question is, did anything actually happen? Um, 2013, there was a documentary, My Annieville Horror, was released. And the documentary focused on the now adult Daniel Lutz, who was nine at the time. Um, he recounts his side of the story. Daniel doesn't deny the supernatural happenings, but he also makes many claims that his adoptive father, George, was abusive and cruel to him. Um, so a lot of people assume, like, there wasn't supernatural monsters, but, you know, George was the monster. Now, um, there, there was another thing that I wanted to bring up back about. Um, there's questions over DeFeo's guilt from the moment he was arrested. Given that the authorities at the time, they were convinced the crime had been carried out by more than one person because everyone was still in their beds, you know? And I know if you hear a gunshot, you're not <coughs> in your bed. Now, you run there was gun. blood everywhere either. There must the blood, like, must have been kind of contained to the beds. So that is really weird. Exactly. That, that, so a lot of people thought it had to be more than one person. So, um, Rick Asuna, he wrote a book, The Night the DeFeos Died, Reinvestigating the Amityville Murders. He says that DeFeo killed his parents, Ronald and Louise DeFeo, with the help of a friend, and that his younger siblings were killed by his 18-year-old sister, Dawn who was involved in simply saying so is, is sad, 
because she was a girl. She was 18 years old. You know, she was just getting ready to leave home and go and, you know, be her own person. Um, the author, um, Rick Asuna, um, points to her Dawn's boyfriend saying that she wanted to move to Florida, despite the fact that her parents disapproved. He also holds up as evidence a supposedly comic song written by Dawn sometime earlier before this happened called The Knife the DeFeo Die, in which she fantasized about the murder of her family. She died, right? Yes. Um, hold on. So it gets more. So um the Ronald DeFeo had hung a sign that said high hopes. The entrance of the house is a symbol of prosperity. Um, but it was a, a far from idyllic home, according to neighbors and acquaintances. So Ronald DeFeo was a violent character. He abused his wife and his children. Furthermore, the family directly were directly linked through um, organized crime, like the mob, through Luis DeFeo's father, Michael Brigante Sr., who was an associate of Gambino crime family boss, Carlo Gambino. So according to Butch DeFeo, who worked alongside his father at Brigante's dealership, his girlfriend and his girlfriend, they were already more than familiar with death having to dispose of bodies on behalf of the mafia. Although DeFeo's erratic and reckless behavior had led the mobster's eyes to a light on him, they say that the um, Amityville massacres violate the, the no children, no killing children rule, um, the code of the Italian mafia. So um, after an argument, a violent argument on November 12th, Ronald DeFeo attacked his wife and several of his children, leaving his youngest child, a nine-year-old, with a bloody face. Dawn, for her part, tried to defend herself with a knife. Convinced that their father would kill them, they did not act first. Dawn persuaded her older brother, Butch. Now, this is just what Asuna thinks. Dawn persuaded her older brother, Butch, to kill Ronald during the night. She also encouraged the same fate for her mother, Louise who, despite being a victim of his abuse, is seen by Dawn as beyond hope, as she was always unconditionally on Ronald's side. <clears throat> what they don't agree on is their younger siblings. Butch DeFeo instructs Dawn to watch their bedrooms while he and his friend, Bobby Kelsky, do away with Ronald and Louise. Dawn argues they can't leave any witnesses and that it would be a crime for the younger children to grow up with such trauma. So she decides to kill them too. Butch, horrified by what happened, takes matters with Dawn into his own hands and becomes the sole surviving DeFeo. Now this is Osana's um, perspective. This is what he's saying happened. Which sounds a lot more likely to me. <laughs> I, I agree. I really do. I agree. And because um, there's just I don't know. There's just a lot. Um, a useful gauge. Now, one thing a lot of people questioned was, um, especially in this time period, confessions. Because police brutality in um, meted out during that era in the Suffolk County and the astronomical confession rate during the interrogations was 95%. So the 
confession rate was 95% compared to 35% in the Bronx, 20% in Kings County, Brooklyn. So Osana, the, the author of this book that re-looked at the, you know, the killings, he's saying that Butch's um, confession that he was a sole culprit was obtained under torture. And it, he also said that DeFeo was an alcoholic and a heroin addict. So, yeah, I, I think as well, um, another cool thing, I mean, it's not really cool, but you know, whatever. Um, the they the Lutz family when they were living there they brought in a priest and um he was defrocked by the diocese um but when Ed and Lorraine Warren were there they held a seance which they captured a photo a photograph of a demonic boy um but of course they're like it looked remarkably so similar to the photographer's own ch child so you know whatever yeah but um yeah so lots of crazy things happen there i don't want to live there no but people still do um it's sold people still own it but they they've changed the address it used to be 112 ocean avenue and now it's 108 ocean avenue and um People still live there to this day. Like, and the people who live there are like pissed off about people coming and like, you know, looking at the house and whatever, which I'm like, really? Like you you lived in the murder house. You don't think people are gonna come and like be drawn in by yeah. that. But yeah. So people still live there and DeFeo died last year. That's a that's a mess. It is, and it's like, you don't know what to believe, like. Right. And a lot of I, people believe the lawyer when he's like, yeah, we cooked it up one night over some wine. Yeah, that's not that unbelievable either. <laughs> no, it's not. It is, I don't know, there's just lots of weird, unasked answer questions, like, you know, first off, like, why so like they say they say that ronald um butch defeo killed his parents because you know his dad was super abusive and you know there was a particularly violent incident but he was 23 why was he still at the house like wh like why was he still there why like, not just sleep yeah yeah and like you know if you're worried about your younger siblings you know, they they have ways that you can get them out of, even in the 70s, I'm sure that there were ways to get them out of, you know, a dangerous environment. Right. And Dawn was 18. Why, you know, why, why was she still there? I don't know. There's lots of questions that don't have answers. And I can't imagine, you know, hating your parents so much that you kill them and then like 
killing your siblings. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That that was a weird one for yeah. sure. It was, and it's like famous is all get out because there's all these movies and remakes and you know connections with Ed and Lorraine Warren and they're on their own like famous you know so there's all of this craziness and it's like this was legit like this really happened right but the only person he went down for it I mean if Dawn did do it she got killed like whether yeah. she was a part of it or not like she's dead somebody killed her along you know along the route but I feel the story that you know, like that that guy wrote about, seems really likely, especially like at the time if if this butch or whatever, he's a heroin addict anyway. Regardless of what he tells them, if he tells them, you know, we're gonna kill our parents because of this, and then she killed our siblings, and I just killed her because you know I was so upset. It's so easy to blame all this horrific stuff and say, oh well, he's a heroin heroin addict. Let him take the fall for it all. Yep. Whatever. Yep. I don't know, man. It was wild. I was reading it and I was like, this is so crazy. Yeah. Well, we're all both really tired. <laughs> you can tell because we're just like, uh. It's been a long week. It's only Tuesday. <laughs> right? Was it Friday yet? No. We have Friday off, though, thank God. We do too, but if my kids get me sick one more time, I'm just gonna. Yeah, I'm alive, so I got you. I'm gonna send them to live with their grandma. I'm just kidding. I'll visit on the weekend. JK. <laughs> All right, this is Katrina. This is Sydney. And this has been Murder Obsessed. Stay listening, stay murder obsessed, but. Don't be like Butch, DeFeo, and be obsessed with murder rights. Bye! Bye!